I wasn't terribly surprised. I thought it made sense dramaturgically. Hello and welcome back to an episode of Dramaturgically. I'm your host, Stephen Clark, and today we're on episode seven of the podcast. Um, now we're sort of getting into a bit more of a, a sort of semi-regular routine with the episodes, so it's uh, it's feeling great, and I hope everyone that's listened along so far is enjoying. Um, today we're going to be talking about one of the quintessential uh, 80s films, and probably one of the quintessential uh, Los Angeles films as well. Um, it's a film that has certainly inspired many directors, um, people like uh, Quentin Tarantino absolutely um, has taken a lot um, from the work of this film and its director. Um, it's a film that I guess at the time was slightly seemably dismissed as maybe a bit trashy and a bit maybe a bit overlooked um, because it sort of didn't fit into, I guess, the aesthetic of what um, films that had a lot to say on culture and the government and politics of the time uh, looked like and felt like, um, but this film certainly uh, lacks in none of those departments and definitely has a lot to say on all of these fronts. It's a really uh, visually engaging film. It's a film with an awesome uh, soundtrack and a film that really has um, has sort of grown in affection in its fan base and definitely become a cult classic um, since its release in 1984. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to 1984's Repo Man. Repo Man follows the story of Otto, depicted by a young Emilio Estevez, as a out-of-touch and angry and violent youth who loses his job at the local supermarket and eventually ends up winding up working as a Repo Man for essentially uh, his found father figure, um, depicted by Harry Dean Stanton, of course. And this this is sort of the basis, I guess, for the story. But it's there's so much to it. It's it's set in against the backdrop of a sort of um, desolate, um, <laughs> very visceral and uh, disgusting and grimy looking Los Angeles of the 1980s. Um, and there's also a lot of different aspects to this story as well. I mean, it it has so many different threads heading in every single direction. Um, I mean, I guess that I would I would say that it. <laughs> that while on the face of it, that is the main story. It's about Otto and his sort of found father figure um, sort of traversing this this wasteland and uh, repossessing cars from, from people from all sides of society, you know, rich people, poor people, families, loners, outcasts, um, and sort of showing, I guess, the indiscriminatory nature of uh, public service jobs. Um, it's... But but also at the same time, you know, they're one of the cars that they're that they're looking at um, has an alien in the trunk that vaporizes whoever looks into it instantly. Um, so this film definitely has some wacky sci-fi elements as well to it, and I think that's all 
all part of what makes this film so charming and so engaging and enjoyable. I mean, to a modern viewer, there's definitely a lot of things that you can critique about, I guess, the delivery of this film and certain aspects certainly haven't aged well. There, there's, there's a romantic subplot in this film that essentially, in my opinion, is a bit of a waste of time and isn't handled with any sort of poise or interest or, <laughs> or it doesn't really lead to anything <laughs> interesting apart from maybe the final line of that relationship, which is quite funny and dismissive in a way that uh, reinforces the film's um, sort of slacker energy, I suppose. But in general, um, this film has many, many threads and it doesn't always balance them all perfectly. But I think that the overall spread of just showing you the diversity of this world is is worth it um, because having all these elements play out together just gives you this crazy sense of um, uh, scale and adventure and um, really, really paints Los Angeles in such an interesting light that I don't think we've ever seen depicted on screen before. Um, it's certainly a, a film that definitely, like I mentioned in the intro, has a lot to say politically. Um, I think it's no surprise uh, that that it's set, obviously, uh, in the 80s, and this was a film born in the 80s because it's commenting a lot on um, Reaganistic society um, when President Reagan was in office and sort of, I guess, the, the way that that the everyman and and the people living in cities like Los Angeles have sort of been forgotten about or sort of are entranced in a lot of different things, whether it be um, capitalistic sort of um, goals or consumeristic um, uh, lifestyles. Uh, Otto, our main character's parents, are depicted in the opening few scenes as being sort of being... Um, televangelized essentially um, from watching too much television and they uh, can't even take their eyes off their television set and engage with their son who's clearly reaching out to them um, and this sort of is is a good commentary on I suppose uh, parents and the generation of the time um, being sucked into the to the media landscape that was ever growing and especially pushed by by our Reagan's office um, and it also doesn't it doesn't um, cow it out from showing the consequences of this sort of lifestyle either. Um, I mean, it it it's sort of a it's it's satirical in a lot of ways because we see Otto and his friends, you know, children of of the generation that's been televangelized, that are sort of roaming the streets and creating violence and chaos, and they are. Um, being very destructive and violent and almost laughably so at times. I mean, I think this film is definitely poking fun at all angles. Um, it's not trying to make any serious, serious statements, I don't feel like, because um, it's also having fun at the same time. But I mean, like, yeah, there, there's some great scenes where, you know, some of the thugs that Otto hangs out with, you know, um, they sort of get in trouble or they, they made an untimely demise. And, you know, one of them makes the comment, um, I blame society and it's sort of played off in a bit of a joking way that um, as to say um, everyone that ends up in their circumstance um, likes to think that society made them this way and maybe they did or maybe they pushed them in certain directions but ultimately we are sort of the we are the consequence of our own actions and that's sort of our role in the world and yeah I think that's just something that's really really smartly um, commented about America which is quite interesting um, when you consider that this film is directed actually by a British man Alex Cox 
um, <laughs> quite fascinatingly, um, he also made Jules and Jim, which is uh, another commentary about American lifestyle and American fascination with um, rock and roll and um, celebrity culture. So he definitely had his finger on the pulse um, when it came to his uh, depictions of of modern America of his time. So this film is also sort of uh, about like the wisdom of the common man. You know, it while it is making fun of, uh, I guess, the, the middle and lower class um, Americans and sort of how they're brainwashed and they're violent and they sort of don't know what they're doing. It also contrasts this by giving you multiple characters like Harry Dean Stanton's character or, or um, like the engineer's character um, in this film. Uh, just little people across scattered throughout the film who offer little bits of wisdom or, I suppose, uh, nuanced opinions on life or just show their open-mindedness. And I think that this is a world where open-mindedness um, uh, really is a valuable asset to people, um, having a different way to look at the world when the world around you is so abhorrent and so violent and so messy um, really really gives you that energy, I guess, to keep on going or or that vigor to, to make it in the world. And I think that uh, our main character, Otto, sort of begins to begins to see that by the end of the film. And um, essentially part of his transformation is becoming a more open-minded person. And um, we slowly sort of see this start to affect him um, as he takes on his roles as a Repo Man, uh, which at first he rejects. Uh, he thinks that Repo Men are, I suppose a bit scumbags, a bit low lives. Um, he sees it as like a bit of like a criminal job. Um, so as he sort of dips his toes into the world, um, he begins to sort of uh, find his own morality and see where his own boundaries are for the world. And that's quite interesting. Um, and we see, yeah, I guess with Otto, we sort of find out that he isn't as hardcore as he thinks he is. Um, the world is a lot darker and scarier place than he imagined and his, his own actions have consequences. Um, yeah, it it's he he starts as I guess a, a youth with an existential crisis, and you know he's a bit of a spiritual wandering, um, like any I guess tangible eighties character. Um, but but as we go on, yeah, we we do we do learn that maybe Otto and and by extension or all of the youth of this of that generation um are capable of of great things and are capable of leading uh their own lives and i guess that's one of the one of the minor messages of this film which i enjoyed as well um yeah i i think one thing that's important to talk about this film is is the aesthetic the editing the tangible film making qualities of this film because uh that's certainly something that has made it so iconic um, it's to me, even though it's made in the eighties, it feels like, um, at times I felt like I was watching almost like a, like a nineties punk band, uh, music video, uh, turned into a feature film. I mean, I felt like literally sometimes I was watching a green day, uh, uh, or some 41 blink 182 music video, <laughs> which is one of the highest uh, compliments that I can give it because I absolutely love those music videos and, and that era of, I guess, expression. And this film certainly, um, fits into that punk sort of, um, aesthetic and, and in some ways, I guess, sort of, um, uh, predicts it or, um, I guess supersedes, um, 
its inception, which is quite interesting. It's definitely a film that's sort of ahead of its time. And I mean, that, yeah, you see the fingerprints of this film all over Pulp Fiction. And I know that Quentin Tarantino has said that uh, this is a film that he really enjoys and, uh, and he took a lot of inspiration from in his own career amongst a lot of other things. Um, but yeah, absolutely, this film, you can see... Um, Pulp Fiction written all over it, whether it's sort of the traversing um, and running into quirky characters in in sort of uh, low economic uh, suburbia, um, you know, following characters that sort of, I guess, um, are on a mission and uh, driving around and just having conversations about life that sort of lead nowhere, but also critique the politics of the time. Um, so that sort of general, I guess, like slacker aesthetic and like um, general conversational tone is something for sure. And that, that type of dialogue here is very present in something that you might find in a Tarantino film of the 90s, um, whether it be, um, yeah, Pulp Fiction or, um, yeah, or any of his other work, really. So that's something definitely worth noting. If you like Pulp Fiction, you'll probably like this film, I would say. Um Another thing about it is that it has a great soundtrack. I mean, any anything that's sort of punk and uh, has that sort of uh, tangible, um, gritty feeling, I think you need to really match the energy with an upbeat, um, angry, violent uh, soundtrack. And this film certainly has that. Um, but also, I guess, um, when it leans into its more fantastical sci-fi elements as well, it sort of plays that sort of mysterious tone just as well. And... Um, and finding the balancing act between those two things, it might sound simple, but I actually don't think it quite it is that simple. I think that um, that matching sort of a, a, a satire to a gritty depiction of LA um, is is something that is actually quite quite unique, and I think that um, people underappreciate about this film. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> all in all, this is, this is a pr pretty terrific film. Listen, it definitely has its, um, definitely has its flaws in my opinion. I don't think that there's that much deep messaging beyond what I've sort of talked about, I suppose. Um, it's definitely not a film that's trying to go out there and, and change the world. I think it's, I think it's quite an observational piece and it's, um, it's just a director and a writer expressing, um, themselves, through art in such a genuine way. I mean, the the fact that, you know, he's satirizing all corners of society in this film of America. I think it's just someone who just knows the landscape so, so well, which again is so ironic given the fact that he's not even American. Um, and the fact that that comes across in such a original way. I think this is one of the most original films of the 80s. Um, I think I truly believe that. I, I think that if you if you watch this film all the way through, um, I think that even if you don't enjoy it, um, which I feel like there might be some people who might not enjoy it because it does have sort of traditionally trashy aspects. But if you do actually get through this whole film, I think that um, you'll really find that um, the aspects of the film that you really like is is the originality and is the tone, is the, the fact that this film really doesn't care if you like it, I think. It's just putting itself out there. And I think that's one of the main qualities of um, artistic expression. So, yeah. I really enjoyed this film and I am looking forward to checking out some more of Alex Cox's work. Um, yeah, if any of you guys have seen this film, um, for sure, uh, let me know in my comments on Letterboxd or reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and let's start a discussion about this film because, yeah, I haven't seen too much discussion about it. So I'd, I'd love to chat to people about it. 
Um, yeah, if you have any suggestions of which other Alex Cox films I might like, um, if you have seen them, then yeah, also let me know. Thanks, guys. I think that's pretty much going to wrap up this uh, spoiler-free episode of Repo Man. Um, thanks again for joining. I mean, yeah, like I said at the start, the podcast is really getting some speed now, and I'm going to be um, progressively keep on pumping out the episodes and, and talking about these films and their themes um, more and more and more. Um, I'm starting to gain just a little bit of a following now, so thank you so much for everyone listening. Um, if you have any films that you might want me to check out, let me know because you know I'm just going to be going through whole bunch of films that I feel fit um, the criteria of this podcast's mission, um, but more than willing to listen to any suggestions. So yeah, definitely hit me up. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And uh, until the next episode, have a great day.